We play and call it work. Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWarGaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. Today, I have Mr. Adam Lyons from Knights at the Game Table. How are you, Adam? I'm doing very well, Dave. Thank you so much for inviting me to your Shrine of Heresy. It's exactly what it is. And <laughs> the fact that you're here means that uh, you are okay with this life choice. Yeah, this, I can already hear the Inquisition pounding on my door. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now, I see you have a sling around uh, your neck there due to your mm -hmm. arm. Uh, I must say, for those of you who don't follow Knights of the Game Table, this is the uh, invitation to do so, whether it's on YouTube or their website or Facebook or the various places. Uh, Adam is very active on social media, and uh, their channel produces a lot of wargaming-related content, including battle reports and codex reviews and other. I say other because there's other fun stuff, too. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, okay, you're, you're an interesting guy because you do a lot of things. This isn't the only thing you do. You do many other things. I uh, do many, many other things. Do you, do you want to know the story of how we started Nights at the Game Table? Yes, please. Yes. It started with me getting told off. This is how it started. So uh, I'm a business owner and entrepreneur. I currently run seven different companies. Most of my companies are seven figures or higher. I consult for over 600 companies, including seven, eight, and nine figure companies. So seven figure would be a million or more, eight figure, 10 million or more, nine figure, 100 million or more. So my, my day job is building business. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. And um, I, have a, I have a plastic crack addiction. I do. I have a hobby addiction. And my <laughs> average spend on miniatures per month is uh is a lot mm -hmm. uh, and in fact it got to the point that i i have to be given an allowance to cap how much i spend on miniatures per month uh-huh um yeah and it is it is a problem and that's because i i used to work for games workshop many many years ago and you get a massive discount when you work for games workshop mm -hmm. and you get used to being able to buy anything you want for a few hundred bucks and when that discount goes away and then you start making a, a reasonable sum of money <laughs> uh it, it hurts and i've seen the size of your collection dave and uh -huh. mine mine rivals it except you guys have a channel and i was just buying things <laughs> and so my girlfriend sat down with me one day and she said listen she's like i'm not i told you i'd never tell you not to do the hobby she's like what i'm gonna tell you however is you either curb your spending mm. or you turn it into a business and we can at least claim our taxes back on your purchases <laughs> And, and that was how this all started. And um, even that wasn't enough. I wasn't going to start it, but I was at a business seminar. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy in the audience that was screaming at me that, like, you can't just turn your passion into money. It's impossible. And I was like, would you watch me, buddy? And so that weekend, I launched Nights at the Game Table, like the <laughs> actual weekend. And uh, we got 18,000 views on our very first video. Nice. Um, from nowhere. Like, we had no subscribers yet, 18,000 views. And, uh, and it started just as a fun hobby project. It was just, I was just going to do it to, to get claim tax back on my miniature purchases. That was, that was it. It wasn't, it wasn't even, a, it was just to save a bit of money because paying taxes on it was very expensive. Uh -huh. um, and uh, that was how it started. But then it fell into, I remembered why I liked working for Games Workshop. And the thing I love the most is helping new players play the game. I love it. I love seeing their face as you open their, their eyes to the world of the Warhammer universe, you know, mm -hmm. and, and telling them the stories. And I became obsessed with teaching my kids, which was sort of like something I was kind of doing in the background already, um, because my kids are absorbed with video games and they, right. they were like watching YouTubers. And I was like, well, dad has a YouTube channel. You know, I, I make Warhammer videos. And so I got the kids into Warhammer just so that I could be the cool kid on YouTube, I suppose, in my, in my children's eyes. 
and uh, and then they really got into it. And so like like even last night we were watching like our old battle reports with our kids, and they sat up watching them. And oh, nice. It was, yeah, it was just fun. And and so now it's a hobby project that I do because I love it. Yeah. And I like helping people, um, you know, enjoy the hobby uh, that I have that's given me so much joy in my entire life. So. So that that's where it's at now, and and we've evolved so much beyond what we were orig- originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's how it started. So okay, I, I lo- first off, that's awesome. Uh, congrats on your businesses. I mean, the, clearly, uh, you, I mean, you're you're doing all that stuff, and you know how to do it. You know how to apply everything that you know to this. So that's super cool. And uh, full disclosure, everyone who's watching, I've had discussions with Adam in the past, and he's helped Mini War Gaming in various strategic. Uh, marketing things so um, I'll leave it at that the legends hard drive is a hundred percent Adam's idea so uh, if you have a hard drive you, you have Adam to thank for that uh, and yeah just continue doing what you're doing it's it's fantastic uh, so where, where do you see nights at the game table going uh, in the future yeah it's a good question we've we've evolved a lot like i said and, and we're in the middle of a new um renovation we took ninth edition as an opportunity to renovate the entire company um i put somebody else at the head of it because for a lot of reasons one i sustained a really bad injury mm. i'll be out of for like nine months and i had to have somebody else run it um and so i put there's a new head at the head of it his name's james he's an awesome guy you've, you've spoken to him a few times i just love james mm-hmm. and james like He's been in the hobby like two years. He's obsessed. He's like, it's all fresh to him. Like mm. every time he learns a new combo, he's like screaming about it. And he he's just the right kind of energy that we want. Um, but he's still learning like, you know, how to do the processes, how to create the content. He, he's still piecing it all together. And again, it's not our day job. It is a side project. So mm. it's something that, that we're really comfortable with him, you know, playing and, and learning and with the audience. You know, we, we often try things, some fail. We've definitely had some failures and, and upset some audience members in the past and have apologized for that profusely. Um, but that's part of this project was it was always to learn and to try yeah. and uh, to make itself fun. It had to pay for itself. That was like my, and I want to say my requirement, my girlfriend's requirement. <laughs> it had to self-fund from day one. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to make a business self-fund right from the beginning, you know, and, and it did take some of our own money going into it to, to try and make it kick off. But now it does self-fund and it, uh, we have an amazing community of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all focused on that same thing, which is helping people. So. In business, I have a three-step process and we apply it tonight. And it's very much like this. We'll help anyone for free, providing we can help your mass. So if we can help a million people at the same time for free, we will. Mm-hmm. And even if only one person shows up, that's fine, but we have to be able to help a million people. So like we created this painting tutorial sequence, it's all free. Mm-hmm. And um, it's aimed at our core audience, which are beginners or people getting back into the hobby. Mm-hmm. If you've been a war gamer for 20 years, and you've never left the hobby and you're a pro painter, we're not the channel for you. Like there are other channels. Mm-hmm. If you're a pro competitive player and you're trying to learn the meta to beat somebody, we're not the channel for you. Mm. But if, if you're a casual gamer or if you're new to the hobby or if you've been out of the hobby for five, 10 years and you're coming back into it, we're your channel. Yeah. Like we will get you back on the ropes. We'll explain the rules in simple, easy terms. We'll help you with some advanced painting techniques, but in a really easy way. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that's kind of who we're at. And all that content is free. Like we don't, it's not behind a paywall. It's not even on the YouTube channel. We host it on our website. The website so yeah. we, don't, we don't gain traffic. You know, it's just, it's just there for you to go and use. And then um, we created a, a survey to identify what the biggest problems were in 40K. And the biggest problems, in case you're wondering, are- um, Can I guess? Finding time- Ah, oh, yeah, you it. said it. No, you said it. 
I was going to say, yeah. number one was time, right? It was like, yeah. I don't have enough time for the hobby. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's number one. Do you want to guess the others? Uh, okay. It's probably the reason. Okay. What's the question? Reasons why people don't, don't do the hobby. The, the biggest re, uh, frustrations people have with the 40K hobby. Okay. One is time. One is not being able to play because they're yep. too far away from a gaming club. Yep. Uh, and if I were to guess price of models yeah you're, you're good we i mean we did a survey to like a hundred thousand people okay and we got some pretty you're, you're spot on the um there's one weird one that that is very hard to guess um confusions over close combat okay yep huh. uh, com close combat with piling consolidation what that means hmm. people get really confused about it it is actually a very technical mechanic and it does separate competitive players from casual players um and so that's one of them uh-huh interesting and, uh, and that, that was common too that came up a lot a lot people were like i'm confused by close combat like it's, a, it's, it's specifically close combat yep close combat um and there's huh. and I, I understand why yeah because when you watch the youtube channels there are a lot of pro players that do it and they do these really cool funky um additional bonus movements mm -hmm. that seem like they're cheating but they're not providing you understand the the rule mechanics of it yeah so that came up a lot um and, uh, and yeah the rest you guessed so we created this guide that you can download on our website for free where we give the answers to those and again but what's cool about it is that we made the download there's two versions there's give us your email mm -hmm. and yes we're going to send you like you know promotions and trainings and all sorts of stuff for free yeah. or don't give us your email because we live in an age where people want to keep they don't want spam in their email and so we gave two versions but um, because I'm here on the Shrine of Chaos, I'll tell you the answers in case anyone, in case anyone's watching, they want to know. I'll give it. So um, because again, this is what I'm driven by. I'm really driven by helping. I, w I want people to to have the answers, you mm -hmm. know, so you can enjoy the game more. Yeah. So um, for uh, for money, because everyone says you know the hobby's expensive. Yeah. Um, here's like three. We we give three simple solutions, but I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. One is find a friend who doesn't have time to paint, but does have a full time job, and makes good money. And say to them, I'll make you a deal. Every time you buy something, buy me something of equal value, and I will paint the thing you buy for you. Interesting. And that's interesting. There are, yeah, there are a lot of players who will buy themselves, like I was, like I'll buy myself, like you know, a fifty-dollar box when I want it. But to buy somebody else a fifty-dollar box at the same time, but then they paint my miniatures for me, would have been worth it. Like I'd have been like, yeah, I'll buy, I'll buy two of the same thing, and then you buy, you paint mine up for me. That, that's a fantastic and, idea, by the way. Thank you. And yeah. what's funny is, if you're like, I don't know anyone like that, actually, all you have to do is hang around your local game store and they'll you'll see them. Yeah. Like, literally, you can go to a games workshop and just hang out. And anytime you see a guy come in and he's like, oh, he, he buys a lot of stuff, but he's like, man, I never get time to paint it. Say to him, hey, buddy, nice to meet you. Listen, if you're down, I've got a solution for you. Yeah. That's it. Throw it out of the guy. And uh, we actually have a guy in our local game store who does this. He sits in the game store and he paints miniatures in the store all day, every day. Right. And he's a really good painter. And people come up to him and they're like, wow, your miniatures are really good. And he's like, thanks so much. I love painting. And then he says, actually, if you ever need a painter, just give me a call. I actually never buy my own miniatures. I accept payment in miniatures. Awesome. And that's all he does. He spends his whole day sitting in the game store. He's a, an army vet. And now he, he lives off of his uh, his disability and his miniatures are paid for by miniatures he paints for other people. That's fantastic. I love it. I love that. Right. And like, so that's, geez. That's, right. So that's, that's one. It's easy. Uh -huh. The other one that works really well is, again, uh, on new release, there'll be a box that comes out. So we've got the new one coming out soon, the Sisters of Battle versus Drakari, right? That's our next box set. Um, 
whether you play either army is irrelevant. You can sit around and split boxes with people. Just be like, I'll split a box with you. I'll split a box with you. Yeah. And buy the half they don't want because you just bought a bunch of miniatures at a discount. And now there'll be somebody that goes in and is like, I'm willing to, to buy half the box. Yep. And you can sell them, you know, at a little bit of a price bump, not too much for half a box, but you can, you know, bump it up by 10 or $20 and they get to just buy the miniatures they want, which is benefit somebody. Yep. And you just get 10 or $20 towards whatever it is that you want to buy. Yeah. You can also often on Facebook Marketplace trade half a box mm -hmm. for minutes you actually want. Right. And again, you'll be getting them at a discount because you got your miniatures at a discount. Yeah. So that's another way of doing it. And that's <laughs> you know, like, and again, I'm not saying go in there and buy every single box to scalp a store. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just be around and be willing to, you know, if there's a Grey Knight unit you really want, why not buy half a box of something you don't really want, but it will help somebody else out and you only have to find half the money. And now you've got a bunch of miniatures you can trade to yeah. get the Grey Knight unit you want. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Units that you want. Miniatures so, as currency. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Just just being willing to put that. And then the last way, and this is actually one of my favorites, is getting older models on eBay at a discount and repainting them. Because as long as it's Games Workshop, it's Games Workshop. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that are like offloading tactical marines that they don't want anymore because they're upgrading to Primaris Marines. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind the older marines, buy them cheap on eBay. And um, you can get uh, ELO, which is like easy lift off. Hmm. And uh, I actually, uh, I pay my son uh, pocket money to ELO old miniatures and he'll sit there and scrub them with a toothbrush mm -hmm. and he makes a bit of pocket money and I end up with a completely clean miniature that I can paint up and yeah, pretty simple. So three simple ways to get miniatures uh, cheap if, uh, if, you, if the hobby, if the price is difficult. And there's a, a bonus way we talk about as well, which is, do you know the price of a regular 2000 point army? If you had to guess. Like uh, model cost. Mm -hmm. If you just went out and said, I'm going to buy an army. I'm going to guess $2,000. A lot of people guess that. It's more like 450 Hmm. 450 bucks will buy you... Like, if you think about, like, a Custodes army, for example, you can buy a Custodes army for probably 450 bucks, give or take, maybe a bit less. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it gets more expensive if you're buying orcs. Um a lot less expensive if you're thinking of things like Titans, right? Like a Titan is 150 bucks. Um, we're talking American, not Canadian, so that might be a factor. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and definitely not Australian. Um, no. But, uh, but yeah, but like, you know, three giant night Titans are 150 bucks each, 400 bucks, give or take. Yeah. So, you know, and so I always say to people, look, if you, if you can spend between 500 and 600 bucks, you can probably get almost any army you want. Um, and it will be a good army. Mm-hmm. And then that actually could be the only army you ever buy because most of the time you can trade, exchange, or sell the army for the same price. Right. And if you're if you're comfortable saying, I only want one army and that's play with, then that's a way to go. I've actually got a friend of mine who does this. He only ever has one army at a time. And when he's bored of the army, he puts it up on Facebook Marketplace and he's like looking to sell this army for this much money. Mm -hmm. He puts a lot of time into making them look good when he paints them. And uh, he calls it like pro painting. He's definitely sold some for more than, uh, than than like he bought them for because he's painted them really well. And he will often sell the army with more than enough money to buy a new army and sometimes even pocket a bit of a bit of change. Yeah. So yeah, and he'll play with whatever the coolest, hottest army is. But he, he literally only invested once. Now he doesn't put his money into the hobby anymore. Yeah, just trades because yeah. it is currency. In, in, exactly. In the apocalypse, you need guns, you need ammo, you need food, and you need miniatures. 
<laughs> right. So yeah. So so that's so we got this whole guidebook that explains that, and we like break down like you know nice ways of doing it. And then uh, the time one, uh, we talk about one of the best things which we do is organizing your own Warhammer night. So in our, in our house, Tuesday night is Warhammer night. Mm -hmm. All my friends know it, and it's been a blessing during quarantine because we all live right next door to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like five of us that play who are all like a stone throw from each other. Yeah. And during quarantine, we all hunkered down together, you know, less than 10 people in a room, and we actually pooled food and resources and uh, grocery store trips. We were like, well, rather than all five households going to the grocery store, why don't we just have one person go and limit exposure? And then if that person gets sick, we can quarantine them. So we had like all these, you know, pretty much zombie <laughs> response plans. Um, so it was like, <laughs> send out the scout, the runner, to go and get the supplies. Um, and actually, we, we bought three giant freezers between us, uh, like the big ones you put bodies inside of, you know? And, <laughs> and um, we packed it um, with fresh food because it, it's the, the sustainable food that was going out of stock. But the fresh food was there. Yeah. And so we were buying surplus fresh food at the end of the day that no one wanted and freezing it. Because we were like, this way, we're not stopping people from getting it because they're going to get rid of it the next day. Mm. Uh, so we bought it at discount all the fresh leftover stuff and froze it, which lasts six to nine months in a freezer. And so hmm. it was cool because we then had all our food in our house and we had like months of food stored up. So we were cooking burgers and playing Warhammer during lockdown, just the five of us. And it, we, I felt bad because everyone online was like, I can't get a game in, I can't get a game in. Meanwhile, we've got the five of us in our own unique meta that's developing as we we're like trying to take each other out every day, flipping burgers. <laughs> um, so yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Pretty cool. Yeah, so, so, but the organizing the Warhammer night was key. Like a set night every week, mm -hmm. Tuesday night, my, my family knows it. Like don't bug Adam on a Tuesday night because they're going to sit around and play Warhammer all night. Um, and so that's a, a really good way to like get some regular playtime in. Yeah. And if you can't do once a week, do once a month. It gives you something to look forward to. You know, like once a month, you know, I'm going to meet up with these people um, that we know are clean. And, you know, the cool thing about quarantine, actually one of our friends got exposed. He didn't catch it, but he got exposed. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, you can't come over for two weeks. And so he hung out in his house for two weeks. He went to the doctor, got checked. They're like, you're clear. All right, dude, come back over. And then, then we all hung out again. And that's it, yeah. <laughs> it was a very practical method to make sure we could still keep playing Warhammer. It sucked. Like we were sending him pictures. Sorry, you're not here, dude. Here's what's happening. You know, <laughs> and we sent like text battle reports to him. This is what's going on. You know, James is crying. Um, and so that was that. And then um, for, for, the, for the charge phase, uh, this is the one that always gets confused. Um, you basically get an additional six inch movement that people don't recognize. You right. have three inches at the start of close combat to consolidate, oh, sorry, to pile in, pile in and then yeah. three inches at the end to consolidate. Right. And the rule says you must finish your movement closer to the closest enemy model. Right. And this is where people get confused because if I am on the left side of a miniature and I am, uh, you know, uh, an inch away because I made my charge or three quarters of an inch away, mm -hmm. I can use three inches of movement to move around the model mm -hmm. and be a quarter of an inch away. Yeah. And now I am closer than I was, but yes, I just moved closer to that objective. Yeah. And then after fighting, if I don't kill you because we're not touching, I can move another three inches onto the objective <laughs> and then be you know, a, a, a micro fraction of an inch away. The minute I touch your model, I lose the ability to do that because yeah. I can't possibly be closer because we're touching. Yes. And we basically have a whole bunch of pages that have pictures and we illustrate this concept. Yeah. And we're like, this is what people are doing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the slingshot. The slingshot, yeah, yeah. exactly. Even worse with the Corn Berserkers because they do it twice. 
So it's 12 inches of bonus movement. <laughs> which, which you know about, obviously. But I know a little bit about that, and I have some mm -hmm. happiness associated with it. Uh, <laughs> just switching some gears here just for a moment to talk mm -hmm. about some 3D printing, because uh, that's, after all, the, uh, the question. Uh, yes. uh, okay, so 3D printers and the hobby, and it taking over the hobby as a question or a concept, what, what do you think about that? Do you think it'll one day replace... Do you think it'll be a supplement to? It'll always be that. Do you think? I, I used I used to work at Games Workshop, and I used to work pretty closely with the head of business development many 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 years ago. And um, I have a lot of insight into the way they work. Mm -hmm. I also work with major corporations, so I know how major corporations work. Everyone said, "When is Games Workshop going to make an app?" Right? They were like, "When are they going to make an app?" They all said, "When are Games Workshop going to get social media?" And then Games Workshop built the Warhammer community, mm -hmm. um, which. I got talking to Andy Smiley when they first launched that. I got some pretty good insight into what their brains and brain power was behind that. And Andy, you know, he led the whole thing and it's turned into a massive success for them. Mm -hmm. And now they've got this 40K app, which is, you know, plagued with problems. Let's be real and just talk it as it is. Um, but they're fixing it. Um, and their, their tech team are responsive. I had an issue and messaged them and they responded you know, pretty promptly. And um, like they're, they're working on fixing it. Mm -hmm. The way Games Workshop were, and a long-winded message, but pr I promise you I'm getting there. Um, Games Workshop always works like this. When they have a new idea, they assign a very small budget to it. Not a large budget, a very small budget. Mm. And they will assign a team of specialists that, with love, could easily be repurposed onto other projects if it's a flop. And what they'll do is they'll take some money, give it to this group of people, so it's the Warhammer community guys, and they're like, you guys have to self-fund. And that's why they were getting Twitch donations when they first launched on Twitch, because they needed the money to self-fund the project. Mm -hmm. Because Games Workshop operates like these little satellite projects. They have to self-fund. So that's why the app had a subscription and it wasn't really very good and they kept discounting people because they were just trying to manage everyone's happiness with a very low budget. Mm. And now people could argue and say, well, Games Workshop has big pockets. They could be spending a lot of money. But this is where you have to understand big business. They're investors in Games Workshop. If Games Workshop starts frivolously spending on a bunch of random things, those investors are going to say, why are you doing an app when you could be doing a new miniature line that mm. we know makes X money? So they're, they're reporting to the public because mm -hmm. they're public shares. And a lot of their staff members are shareholders. So partly they're, sh they're, they're keeping their employees happy is about making sure the shares improve. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it is a very delicate situation when you're in those situations to innovate because if your innovation goes wrong, your shares drop mm -hmm. and you're in trouble. And Games Workshop has a good track record with its shares. So without getting too boring, Games Workshop always does a micro test and they're always late to the market because they're waiting to make sure it's a good market and everyone adopts it. And then if everyone adopts it, Games Workshop will come involved with a small team, with a small amount of money, the self-funds. And then if it's good and it works, then they will put more money into it like Warhammer Community and it'll be amazing, right? Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree Warhammer Community social media is one of the best business social medias out there in the gaming hobby. 100%. And, yeah. And I promise you the Games Workshop 40K app will one day get there because I know this company. I know how they work. It will be amazing. Same with their miniatures. Everyone was making miniatures, but Games Workshops were the best, but they weren't originally the best. Finecast was a good example of something they tried that didn't work, but then they perfected and made better when they, rather than digging deep and making Finecast better, they just went on to being able to do plastics as one-offs. So yeah. they, because that was better for them. They, they understand. So that's a good example of something that they gave up on, and now they're going through and, and fixing that error. But it's just slower than people want, but it's as fast as a giant machine like Games Workshop can move. Which brings us to 3D printing. Mm -hmm. 3D printing isn't ready for Games Workshop. 
What I mean by that is the quality of your prints just aren't good. And I don't care how amazing you are as a 3D printer, the technical skill required for the average person to be able to print a miniature and have it looking good isn't there yet. A professional 3D printer can pull it off, mm. but a professional 3D printer still struggles to teach an amateur printer how to print it and look good. And Games Workshop's core audience are you know, 12 to 13 year olds. Mm -hmm. And that audience are not super technically savvy, don't have a massive disposable income to spend on 3D printing parts. And if they did, that money would be going away from Games Workshop. Likewise, Games Workshop doesn't sell an airbrush, but it does sell airbrush paints. Hmm. They had a concept for an airbrush, it didn't make sense, and there's no point in them trying to compete with professional airbrush people. So they just created thinned paints, which can be used through an airbrush, but you can also paint them on really nicely if you don't want to water your paints down. They, they, so it works for them because they work with brushes too. And the, the, the managers will teach you that. They'll be like, you can just use this and not water it down, but you get more bang for your buck if you buy the concentrated version. So my point is that I suspect what Games Workshop will do is when the 3D printers are good enough that you can go into anywhere, any art supply store or wherever they're going to sell them, buy one, plug it in, and it works, I suspect the model Games Workshop will use, they will adopt it, I'm very sure of it, will be a subscription model to print non-posable miniatures. So we're already seeing them do these one-off specials for like game stores and stuff like that. Mm. I suspect they'll make a generic Primaris Marine or something like that, or maybe it'll be a special character that it doesn't make sense for you to, to multiply. Hmm. And you pay a subscription, kind of like they're doing with Patreon, to be able to print that miniature as often as you like, providing you've got an active subscription. And if you, oh yeah. And you're talking about Games Workshop doing this? I suspect Games Workshop will do this. This is my prediction. So I've not heard it from them. This is my prediction. Okay. I predict, so you'll get like a, a custom Primaris Lieutenant, let's be real, um, and it will be, you can pay a dollar a month for the Games Workshop subscription. This is my prediction. Yeah. Where you will be able to print that Lieutenant as often as you want, as many times as you want, providing you've got the five buck a month subscription to their service or whatever it is. Right. And you'll have someone who's got like a bunch of Space Marine chapters will print off the Lieutenant a bunch of times. And then if that works and they make good money from it, then they'll bring out another character, maybe for a different army. And then they might say, okay, we're gonna bring out a basic Space Marine. And now you can do that. And they'll move, I believe they'll move to a place. And I think we're talking five, 10 years away. I don't think we're talking like next year because of the development of 3D printing, but I suspect we'll end up in a place where you will be able to pay a subscription to Games Workshop for the right, for yourself only, not for production, to print miniatures at home for your own use um, based on these unique digital designs they'll have. And it will be a good move for them because your subscription will probably go up, in my guess, based on how many different miniatures you wanna be able to print. So you might say, I want a Corn Berserker, Khan, um, a Baden, a Chaos Space Marine, and a Chaos Predator, mm -hmm. and you'll pay an amount of money every month for the ability to print those. Interesting. And that way, and I guess the price of that, the subscription will be the profit margin for them, the actual profit margin, not what people think the profit margin is, because the profit margin is not the cost of the material, and then all the money above that is profit, because you've got to buy the mold and pay the designer and the art. There's a lot of other costs that come into it. But you can calculate the actual profit and I suspect that will be the price of the subscription because that makes sense for them. Because as long as everyone just buys even just one month of that subscription, it will make sense. And this is me speaking as a business owner now. Like that's how I would calculate it. Right. Um, you yeah, got, I'll, I'll be curious if this is what they do. You got some, uh, you, 
you uh, you put the chat on fire here with some of the things that you've said. So I, I'm gonna pull them out just to just to get <laughs> sure. some just to get some thoughts. So I, I didn't even realize there were people watching live. I suppose I should have. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you are live right now. Okay. Okay. So you the 12 to 13 year olds uh, as the main target audience uh, of GW. There, there's a, a number of people that disagree with that. Is care to elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. It's not, I'm not saying that's the majority of their buyers. I'm saying that's where their marketing is aimed at. They will purposely cater to an audience that is younger so they don't remove that audience because that's the future of their hobby. And you can see that with the games they're putting in Barnes & Noble. You can see it with the Heroes collection. Games Works, uh, you know, collecting the cards that they had in the stores, like the, the commemorative cards based on like designing an army. Mm -hmm. That's where Games Workshop's marketing is aimed at. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying there aren't older people that buy it, and I'm not saying that the majority of the people you see in your local store aren't older. I'm saying that Games Workshop marketing is targeted to that audience because if they want to survive in 20 years time, they have to cater to 12, 13 year olds. You can't, you know, they can't make an edgier, older brand that has cussing and things like that in it. Even though the older audience will be fine with it, they're going to have problems and a reaction that's going to affect them. So hmm. their marketing is aimed at 12 to 13 year olds. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because I'm seeing the chat now and they're like, oh, okay, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah, and I, I, everyone who's watching live, like, forgive me, there's a lot of knowledge in my head from a lot of different businesses and sometimes I'll, I'll misspeak. So I didn't mean that the majority of the buyers are 12 to 13, but their marketing is aimed at 12 to 13 year olds for that mass acceptance. So, yeah, that, that, that actually makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Switching gears again, because yeah. I know there's a, a bit of a time crunch, so we're going to do this just for fun. Uh, we're going to do a Chaos Comet Bomb, and okay. this is you. Uh, this is your recommendation. So uh, for those of us who have not participated in a Chaos Comet Bomb before, uh, this is what it is. I'm going to post a link to a YouTube video in the chat, which you guys will be able to leave a comment on. And it could be something like, uh, Adam and Dave say hi from the Shrine of Chaos. And <laughs> they want you to... Uh, paint some chaos miniatures on your channel. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, here, I'm just gonna. I'm spamming the chat with this link. It'll bring you there. Uh, and the, this is a, a, a very unknown, uh, modest channel. I had never heard of these guys, and they're they have a thousand subscribers, and there's zero comments currently on the video that uh, is being posted here. So I love that. I, I gotta tell you guys why I think this channel should be chosen. The guy that runs this channel has nine Golden Demon Awards. Like, I think we all know a guy who's good at painting. This guy's got nine Golden Demon Awards and no one knows who he is. And he is incredibly good at painting. He's my painting teacher. Like, I pay him to learn painting from him. And what he has done for my painting, I mean, he taught my four-year-old son how to paint. Nice. And, and my four-year-old won a bronze medal in, like, the Youngblood competition because this guy taught him. So, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Don't, this is the perfect kind of chaos comet bomb where it's they don't they don't expect anything, and there's this, all this activity out of nowhere, and they're an unknown <laughs> channel. Uh, so if you guys haven't received the link here, I'll, one more time, I'll post the link here, just so you can participate. It's so fun. <laughs> uh, and yeah, in the few minutes we have left. Uh, okay, so. 
I, I have to ask you because you have you have all, many different businesses. You have uh, consulting that you do. You have all this energy all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You wh- is that like what would be? Let's say you had unlimited resources. Okay. Okay. That was never an issue for multiple lifetimes. Yep. What would you do with your time? I would be doing exactly what I'm doing. And I, I, let me to explain my day. I woke up this morning and I outlined a 15 bullet point memo to help people who have lost their jobs last year and who cannot get a job right now and need to be able to build a business from the internet. And I'm teaching a five hour seminar on this subject on Saturday for free to help people. So that was what I spent my morning doing. After that, I sat and had breakfast with my children and uh, my friends where we spoke about uh, a new Warhammer design uh, army that I designed, uh, which is a, you'll like this, a World Eaters Skyhammer combo. Do you remember the Skyhammer armies, the stationary Skyhammer armies? Uh-huh. Like- I think, drop pod coming in, uh-huh. I think I think there is a drop pod meta that we're in in ninth. I think people haven't realized it yet, but I think we are in it. Because we haven't been in tournaments enough to know. Is that why? Yeah. Yep. And because people have forgotten that Space Marines just got two wounds. Drop pods became amazing when they could arrive on turn one. Yep. And, um, but I don't think, because there's no tournaments, I don't think anyone's explored putting two wound Marines in a drop pod. Well, I've been playing Warhammer three nights a week, every week during all of lockdown with a group of very smart people. And we have been testing this over and over again. And drop pods with heavy weapons inside are brutal. Uh-huh. Uh, because your opponent's got eliminators that can't shoot them because they're not on the board. And then you drop and you blast the eliminators with direct line of sight no matter what they do. Yeah. So I don't care if you've got outright, I don't care what you've got, a bunch of multi-melters in a drop pod on turn one. Uh, and doing that twice, which is what I'm currently doing, really gives people a bad day because multi-melters have two shots each. Yeah. So that's eight shots. And you can pay two command points so it counts like they didn't move. So they're hitting on threes. One of them's hitting on twos. Everything about that's horrible. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I think we're in that kind of uh, that kind of drop pod meta. So I designed a, a world eaters drop pod army. Why I'm world sure. eaters drop pod? Why why that? Because you can put berserkers in the drop pods, and their troops choices for world eaters. So what what we've been doing a lot of is dropping drop pods on objectives uh-huh. in the middle of the board to uh-huh. dominate the board. And then charging World Eater, and the theory is, because we haven't played this one yet, but the theory is you'd be charging Berserker troops on a charge. Now, one squad of tr- Berserkers might not make it, but if you've got three drop pods with three squads of Berserkers in, and you're sitting on all the objects in the middle of the board, and all three try and charge with the boosts you can give them to charge, someone's going to connect. Uh-huh. And if they do, you now control the objective in your deployment zone, the two objectives in the middle, because you put drop pods on them, and the objective in your opponent's zone. And now they've got to deal with berserkers running around their deployment zone. Um, yeah, and, and drop pods are tough to remove. When they sit on an objective, you can't walk within an inch of them. They, they open up. Mm-hmm. So you can't get within three inches of the objective while the drop pod's there. Um, so are you, do you mean like Dreadclaw? Do you mean because... I mean the Dreadclaw. Yeah. Yeah, the Dreadclaw drop pod, yeah. That's what we've been using for Chaos. Right. Uh, but for Space Marines, I've been, pl- I've been playing uh, the Skyhammer combo. So... My current Space Wolf army is um, Wolf Guard with jump packs, Thunder Hammers and Lightning Claws, mm-hmm. and Multi-Melter Long Fangs inside drop pods. And that's pretty much the whole army, except for a couple of troop squads that I sit on objectives in my own deployment zone. And it's just very aggressive. If my opponent goes first, they can't see anything because I'm in hiding. 
if I go first, drop pods in your face and, the, and then jump pack. So yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. It was a really good combo like back in sixth and really early seventh. And it like vanished in eighth because drop pods got nerfed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really do think it's back. And I, I think as people click to this, because it's the answer to nasty, elite, powerful units, because you cannot shoot me. You cannot see what, you cannot shoot with, he's not there, right? Mm. And then, and now I am. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, so that's, so I did that. And then I did this, which is fun. And now after this, uh, which is why I've got that, that hard ending, uh, I'm going to be coaching 50 business owners into surviving uh, mergers and acquisitions, either hostilely aimed at them or helping them grow their business through mergers and acquisitions. And so we're going to be talking like I did a $6 million deal and a $3 million deal last week. So that kind of stuff, uh, which I love doing because you get to help a little business that's struggling with a hostile takeover, mm-hmm. or you get to help another business that's struggling grow by partnering with another company that's struggling. And then the two companies that were struggling are now one, and now they're stronger because of it. So that's yeah. kind of fun. Um, and then uh, my evening this evening will be uh, probably playing Warhammer with my son. So because the Dark Angel book's coming out. Yeah, he's a Dark player. sweet. That sounds yeah. like a good day. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's pretty much every day. You could look at every day, and it's a combination of either doing big business deals for companies, and and again, I do the deals for myself as well. But I'm, I often advise at this point. Um, I, I do some for myself. Like I probably do three or four a year for myself, but the rest are for other people. Yeah, and uh, and Warhammer. <laughs> that's that's my life. <laughs> All right. So one last thought on three D printing. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so for those who are trying to get into three D printing and start, what, what what advice would you give them? So right now you can buy the any cubic uh, any cubic photon on Amazon. Uh, the original one's like one hundred and eighty dollars, and I I ended up buying like the really expensive one, and then my second one I bought was the one hundred and eight dollar one because it's really good. That's your resin printer, which is what you'd use for um, printing miniatures. Um, I don't actually advocate printing 40K miniatures. And I'll tell you why. I like working with plastic. I like working with Games Workshop stuff, and I'm a big Games Workshop fan. I do, however, advocate using the resin printer to print really cool terrain scatter pieces. Hmm. And that's kind of what we use it for. We'll print like 3D trees and, and stuff like that that we can add to bases or terrain. We'll even 3D print bases, which I think is really cool. Mm. And so I would advocate a resin printer to 3D print some cool bases or some cool features to add to a base or for terrain, scatter terrain. That's what I would advocate for. The the actual time it takes to print a miniature and the quality of the print miniature, like I said, and it's not an official Games Workshop miniature, it just isn't there yet. I think it will be, and I think Games Workshop will get on it, but it isn't there yet. Hmm. And then I would really recommend getting um, a, a filament printer. The one I like is the Ender Pro 5. Uh, I picked mine up for like 350 bucks, um, but I, I, I know that they vary from 350 to 500, depending. Yeah. But it's a much bigger printer. It does the, the, the plastic printing, the filament printing, which is going to have the weird lines that people see. But I tell you what I like printing with those is giant scenery pieces. Mm. And they've got this like real rough edge that people freak out about and a really easy way to fix it. There, are, there are, If you want a really good solution, there are solutions online that take time. My really easy solution is to get a, an ignition lighter that you use for like lighting a barbecue mm-hmm. and just covering the whole model in the flame and it burns away all the excess filament leaving <laughs> just the poor shell and it kind of like melts it down. Yeah. And if you're doing terrain, I think it's totally fine. And then I buy texture spray paint. I'm trying to see if I've got one in the background. Like you can buy filler primer? Like, um, not not foam prime, but like the texture. Oh, it, it, yes. It's what you use to add like a rough rock look to yep. to a table outside or whatever, if that's what you want. Right. And I'll just spray the terrain with this like 
gr like it's not gravel but it's paint that splatters and looks like gravel yeah and it, it fills in all the gaps and if you if you do that on like a hill or a mountain oh no my mountain looks like a rock and if you do it on a building oh no it looks like my building has got like cement on the outside of it it, it looks great yeah and you can spray it and now it's based and undercoated and it looks great and then you can dry brush it because it's got a cool texture and you can print your own terrain and we'll print a giant piece of terrain like we, we print this giant hill um in the background hold up let me show you i'll bring it i'll show you a minute so <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll print a hill like this um and that's pretty freaking cool um it's a cool piece of terrain um, and then we'll resin print some trees and attach it on it. Mm -hmm. And it's like a cool hill piece of cover. Yeah. And we'll do that in like a day. And uh, so we'll sit and just print tons and tons and tons of terrain for our tables. And so if you look at our tables on our channel or on my personal Facebook, we've got really pretty tables at this point because I used to work in movie props. Mm -hmm. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go to town on my tables and make them look nice. And, uh, and yeah, they will have these giant hills and buildings and stuff that we, that we 3D printed. So, yeah. Well... Thanks, Adam, for all your thoughts and, and your energy and uh, for right. being a guest here on the Shrine of Chaos. You're always welcome back, especially with your world leader talk. Um, I like that. It makes me happy. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you, know what? you know who the best buffer in the whole game is, right? It's Khan the Betrayer. Have you, have you ever done this? I think people play Khan wrong. And I, I know like, we're about to go, but I've got to share this with you, Dave. Khan's yes, please, let me know. Yeah. Is he lets all world eaters reroll failed hits if they're within one inch of him. Yeah, not in the, yeah, not in the shooting phase. Oh, actually, no. Uh, in the, I, I, sorry, I said that wrong. All failed hits. You're right. Yes, in, in the combat phase, but they have to go first. That's that's the key. So, uh, yeah. So they have to go first. But it, it used. To, I don't know if you saw. It still affects the shooting phase as well, right? It does. Yes, it, it does. Yeah. So I use Khan as a shooting buff. I leave him at the back of the battlefield, surrounded oh, by habits. So painful. I, oh. I know. I know. No one uses him like this. But he's a really cheap reroll all failed hits guy. Now you have to be within one inch of him. So mm -hmm. I'll make. Like, just line up Havocs, four squads of Havocs in an X, and he's standing in the middle, <laughs> telling them where to fire. It's so wrong. It's so wrong, Adam. Oh. Yeah, it's so good. But the best part of it is, I'm now blasting with these Havocs that reroll failed hits, which is awesome. But then if they want to come and charge my Havocs, oh. you've got to deal with Khan. Yeah, and so, there is that. And I, yeah, and so it's one of my favorite ways. So I love World Eaters <laughs> with my super buffer. Because he's basically got a bad ability for a third of the points. That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. I never would have thought of using him like that. It's just no one does. No, yeah. and 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 he never kills his own troops because he's he's a lot calmer at the back of the battlefield. <laughs> 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 just telling people what to do. I, I imagine him like he's gone through like a, a Zen calming program. He's got sipping on tea and he's like, just focus your shots, friends. Like you know, let's. And he's he's calm at distance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, calm Karn. Wow. Calm Karn. That's who I play with. Calm, 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 the tea drinker. Um. <laughs> well, thanks again, man. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, for those of you who want to support Knights of the Game Table, uh, I've provided links in this post. So whether you're watching this on YouTube or on Twitch or on Facebook, you can see them there. You can visit his website and his YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. And uh, that's it, man. Happy Wargaming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time to watch and listen to my crazy rants.